Don't miss your free chance to tune into Benzinga's very own bootcamp series on November 20th. If you're looking to dive into new concepts and grow your account, this one's for you. What's going on, traders? I'm back like a track. We got my man Crystalpedia in the back. Get ready. The SPACs attack is here. We're going to get into some SPACs that we feel can squeeze. We're going to take a look at our watch list, take a look at what headlines are out there. Where's the trade? You guys let us know and hit that thumbs up. Let's get this party started out there. That's what it's all about. Let's get into the SPACs attack. Let's bring on my man Chrisopedia. What's going on, man? What's up, Mitch? Yeah, I hope you had a good weekend. We're back. It's Monday. Um, yeah, there's some SPACs moving lately. It seems like a SPAC market, you know, gaining some more attention, especially around those merger vote dates. Definitely always the merger vote date has been around. And I will tell you guys, hey, guys, I got caught in a trade. Oh, Lord. I'll smack myself on Friday. We had a, a decent-sized loss on, on a SPAC. But I'll tell you guys about it and how to maybe avoid it yourself. And, I mean, that's what it's all about, right? I mean, we all got to learn from each other. I hope that you guys out there in the chat are supporting each other. That's what we're here on SPAC's Attack Community building in the SPAC investment game and uncovering how these SPACs and the information that you need to be an informed trader out there. Uh, looks like we got a lot of people joining in the chat. If you're new to the show, or maybe this is your first time here on the SPACs attack, say hello in the chat. We definitely love to talk to our viewers. We got tiny Alyssa born, even Zoten in the house, Gemma, Sue, Adon, what's going on, guys? It's good to have you guys. And yes, we are enjoying the day, ready to get into some SPACs. Uh, I, I know that Chris had a tough weekend, but guess what? My man's flexing and ready for Mondays. Bring that news like you always do, Chris, and, and take us back to those headlines. All right, guys. Yeah, let's get to some headlines. Uh, we didn't have a show Thursday and Friday due to the Benzinga Cannabis Conference. We also had the weekend. So we got a couple days to catch up on here. Um, let's start with analyst notes, right? So one recently completed SPAC merger was Nerdy, now trading as NRDY, company getting a couple analyst notes today. So Raymond James initiating coverage with an outperform rating and a price target of $13, and Needham also initiating coverage with a buy rating and a price target also of $13. So NRDY trading at $878 today. Um, it, it's down 2%, but again, those two initiations, two price targets, both uh, of $13. Um, this is an interesting one. We'll see if that uh, analyst coverage can help maybe propel this thing back to $10. And then we do have Virgin Galactic downgraded to sell by UBS with a lowered price target of $15. Virgin Galactic last week announced a delay to their timeline uh, due to uh, some issues with their spacecraft and now commercial next year in the fourth quarter. Um, SPCE, I think, is going to see a lot of investors shy away from it just because of that timeline now. Um, you know, this is one where I've pointed out where you can trade based on the stories, based on the flights, and with no news immediately in sight. Um, I think this thing's just going to trade sideways from here until early next year. Um, but again, not financial advice. That's just kind of what I see happening with SPCE here. 
Then we do have some acquisitions to talk about. So Kazoo, C-Z-O-O, which went public via SPAC. It's a leading um, uh, car sales company in the UK, one of the, the largest ones over there. This was done from a rather large SPAC. They announced that they're acquiring Vans 365 for 6.5 million pounds in cash. Um, Kazoo, I I don't know a ton about. Again, you know, as a U.S. investor, it's just not a company I'm familiar with. I'm going to dive into this acquisition, see if maybe this is enough to get, you know, investors excited again uh, about Kazoo. Remember, a lot of people shied away from this SPAC with those large names attached and then going after the car market uh, instead. Then we have Playboy, P-L-B-Y, announcing that they acquired Dream, which is a content creator platform for $30 million. Um, So they said that the platform and its development team will serve as the technology foundation for the launch of Playboy's new curated and creator-led site, Centerfold. Um, You know, so social content platform provides creators with tools to interact directly with fans. So Playboy going after the content creator platform market, which has heated up this year. Um, This could be an interesting acquisition by Playboy here. Um, You know, this was one Mitch and I talked about last week. And one of the things we talked about, right, was there hadn't been recent news with Playboy. And now here today news for playboy so uh hold on i'm looking at my centerfold here what an interesting name there right (laughs) you know mitch i'm puzzled by that a good point because they actually seem to shy away from the 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 magazine right and the nude images and kind of try to you know distance themselves from that but then you you name your new you name your new platform centerfold though i mean i don't know how much distancing that is there right Hey, we'll see. Definitely, uh, we we know what centerfolds came from at least. Well, maybe maybe we'll have to get a Spax Attack uh, content creator platform on Centerfold then, if that's going to be the new uh, social media platform. So uh, something to keep an eye on. But Playboy shares were ripping higher today on this news, Mitch. Uh, we're up three percent now. I saw shares up around five or six percent earlier mm-hmm. today. So it looked like investors at least like Playboy having news. Like I said, we haven't had a lot of news recently. So the acquisition today, at least putting Playboy back, you know, top of mind here. One thing that I would comment is that start looking for the positive news flow. Whenever I start seeing a stock bouncing off support and gets a catalyst to come out, something like this, I want to see if there's a continued news flow. Do we get another catalyst to come in tomorrow? The day after that, that's what you want to be paying attention to, to see the stock come off that support and get a story change and maybe get picked up by some retail interest. We'll see what happens with Playboy and how the week continues. Definitely. And then we did get a space launch this weekend, right? That's something we've talked about a lot on the show, these space stocks. So this is... uh, the, the stock to mention here is Redwire, RDW, which I do own shares of. So NASA launched its Lucy spacecraft to study the Jupiter Trojan asteroids. So Redwire tweeted over the weekend, congratulations to the Lucy mission, NASA and United Launch Alliance teams on the successful launch of the Lucy mission, which lifted off early this morning. Safe travels on the 12-year journey to visit Jupiter and its Trojan asteroids. 
Um, so again, this launched from Cape Canaveral early Saturday morning, a 12-year mission to study those asteroids uh, with Jupiter. Um, yeah, we got Carl in the chat saying great launch, um, you know, but again, I think that the secret here is that Redwire is involved, right? We hear a lot about these other space stocks. Redwire's the thing behind the thing, right? They help power these launches, um, you know, with other companies and also have some big deals with NASA. So the fact that they were involved once again on this, you know, planetary mission, I think is strength for Redwire, RDW. Um, so again, I do own shares, keeping an eye on that one going forward. And then we have SGAM, Seaport Global Acquisition, which is merging with Redbox. So if you don't remember, Mitch and I had Redbox on the show not too long ago. And this is an interesting one, right? Because a lot of people kind of dismiss the SPAC deal because Redbox, you know, is a physical rental kiosk company while all the other companies are shifting to a streaming model. But Redbox is working on some streaming stuff. And they announced today that they're adding 20 plus free ad supported TV channels to its streaming service. Um, so this is going to be, you know, ad supported free live TV, and it's going to cover local news, kids, and Spanish language programming. Um, we've got America's Funniest Home Videos. We've got some uh, Sony, uh, you know, international channels. There's also a Baby Shark channel for all of you out there with kids and don't think that that song is annoying yet. And also Yahoo Finance. Um, and then 10 live local news channels. I mean, you've got markets like Seattle, Atlanta, and Orlando. So the Redbox streaming app is available on a wide range of devices. Uh, again, 20 plus free ad supported channels. I like this move here from Redbox and it's going right into their merger. And then we've got uh, some deals to, to talk about some uh, you know old and some new. We have VIH announcing that their uh, merger with Backed Holding has been approved. We'll trade as BKKT. Um, it looks like later today. I'm not seeing it. Uh, oh, it looks like it is trading on Benzinga Pro already. BKKT, the new ticker. I'm seeing $9.36 and on the move up. Um, and also a report that the CEO will appear on CNBC. So we're definitely going to have to keep an eye on BKKT. Again, that news coming courtesy of Benzinga Pro about that CNBC appearance. Then we have GSAH announced that their merger with Mirion is approved. Um, they pre-announced this and uh, SPAC Insider saying that the redemption rate looks to be around 26% based on the post from GS acquisition that's among the low side um, for some of these recent SPAC deals. And we have TDAC setting a vote date of October 28th with lottery.com. That one's been on my watch for a while. I think this one gets a lot of interest later this year. So TDAC definitely on watch. We also had HCAC approving their merger. We'll trade as SEAT tomorrow. That's Vivid SEAT, S-E-A-T, and DraftKings joining in on the pipe on that. And then we have L-E-G-O approving their merger with Algoma Steel. We'll trade as A-S-T-L. And then redemption deadlines today for B-C-Y-P, S-G-A-M, and K-U-R-I. And then we did get one deal terminated last week. Later in the week, S-V 
announced that they will no longer merge with Arrow Farms. Um, this could be a positive for App Harvest, APPH, as one of their rivals will, you know, not have as much access to capital, but something to keep on watch there. And then our, our good friend Julian Klamachko noted that the SPAC market was five for five last week. The SPAC index was up each trading session, and that SPAC index is up 3% year to date. Um, and then we did get one deal announced last week. Um, Okada Manila, which is a gaming resort in the Philippines, going public, ADER. Um, again, we've seen Manila, the Philippines, as one of the newer destinations for uh, casinos. And this is the, the latest SPAC deal. So that's what I've got for, for news and headlines there, Mitch. All right. So a lot to talk about there and a lot going on. I did see out there uh, multiple times being talked about that VIH or BKKT. Uh, we did get a volume spike going into kind of right on the show. Looks like somebody was watching the SPACs attack. I'll show you guys right here. Look at 1101. We got 126,000 shares traded there. I'm pretty sure those went through at $9. I would love for this to come back near that $9 entry, uh, maybe even nine tens, and then I can attack that. Um, as you guys can see from that, you broke out towards a high of 933, pulled back towards a low of 910, and then broke out from there. We'll see if this can continue to make a move. That's B-A-K-K-T. And we'll see how it trades today. Definitely, I saw it on a lot of people's radars. So you just might see a continued momentum push. Uh, we'll see what happens with this one. I'm even going to take a look at it. If it pulls back a little bit earlier today, I might take a shot. But got to be careful. Last time I overextended into one of these and got caught on Friday. And that happens, guys. So it just shows me more and more how I need to stick towards my strategy in specs, which is more of a wait and see get it in at a good level and hold it's kind of a longer term approach but hey it's it's what's been working versus trying to get these momentum pushes not really for me at least in the SPAC industry I would rather look for momentum plays in other parts of the market yeah definitely and BKKT you know another one of those crypto plays um which obviously with the bitcoin news bitcoin ETFs this week could be a good sympathy trade there um, so BKKT definitely on watch, um, you know, now completing that merger. All right, we'll get into it with the watch list coming up. We'll talk about some of the biggest movers of the day. If you guys got a big mover that's standing out on your radar, definitely throw it in the chat and we'll go ahead and touch it on our watch list. Let's go ahead and do what we do best and, and see what's moving out there. All right, guys, pinkies up. Let's have, a, let's have a little OJ. Let's get this going. Let's see what's going on out there and, and what can we possibly be trading. First one I'll bring up, of course, is SoFi, uh, usually a, a high stock on a lot of people's radar. Look at this gun right out the gates today. Chris, you don't get many one-minute candles that just go up at literally almost a whole hour straight up. This is a day trader's dream. If you could tell me that this was going to happen every day, you know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, that's some but nice price movement today. Crazy price action and sideways hold there. What's going on in SoFi? Yeah, so SoFi had some minor news today. Um, it looked like a partnership was signed. 
Um, this is one though that really for the past couple of weeks has just been, you know, really trending higher, right? It's been getting a lot of interest from retail traders. It's also got that pending bank charter as a potential catalyst. Um, you know, so I got into SoFi around 1475. I've been holding, I think that bank charter comes uh, before the end of the year. Um, but again, you know, there is the potential risk if the bank charter is not announced or if it's delayed, because I think a lot of people are banking on that pun intended, I guess there. Um, but I still think the company has a lot of value with or without the bank charter. And we saw some analyst notes on this name as well. So I think just a lot of attention going to SoFi. But yeah, I didn't expect it to get, uh, you know, that much uh, attention in the early hours this morning. Definitely something we'll keep a watch on whenever I see a stock make a move like that. I'm looking for a two-day move. Let's go ahead and see what we see on the daily chart. Looks like we had a reversal from this kind of red bar. Let's see if we get another green bar to really push us on up. Resistance coming into play at 22. I think this is where the SoFi is headed. Not a bad play if you got it right now. Let's go ahead and continue looking. Looks like this is the one that I don't have news on, but having a good day today, fair day futures. And what do you think, Chris? Yeah, Faraday Future, I'm not seeing uh, news on. This is an interesting one, though, because it was attacked with a short report. And I, I don't remember what day that short report was, but really since that short report, it, it's turned back around, right? And it's getting that momentum back. Um, so this is an interesting one. Again, there is a huge battle for these you know, luxury electric vehicles to come out later this year, early next year. Faraday is among those companies, so we'll keep an eye on it. But, yeah, I'm not seeing the news to justify today's move. So an in interesting uh, gainer today. Something I'll definitely keep on watch. Uh, you know, it's a, it's been moving with a lot of the autos. The autos had a good week last week. Maybe it's just a laggard play here. Let's keep going. Uh, we did talk about Redwire, but let's talk a little bit about Astria here. Now coming back up there, 4.9% getting up there towards nine. What are you thinking here about Astria, Chris? Yeah, I mean, this could be a just space stocks in general being hot, right? We had that flight over mm -hmm. the weekend. The other story, Mitch, could be, you know, anyone who was holding Virgin Galactic. If you sell your Virgin Galactic shares, do you try to stay in that same space sector, ah, right? And maybe, rotation, and, rotation. You know what I mean? And maybe shift from space tourism to space, you know, launches, space, you know, data, something else. So maybe we, we see, you know, Virgin Galactic down and we see Astra up, Redwire up, Rocket Lab up, you know, as kind of the rotation place. Just just a thought. Uh, we'll, we'll see. Maybe that's what, uh, you know, propels some of these ones higher. Well, I could tell you that it is getting a little bit of a pickup on the money flow. So it's looking like it could be exactly what you're pointing out there. A uh, little rotation out of a kind of danger zone, still trying to stay within the space, looking for other entries. We'll see what happens uh, with this one being mentioned. I'd look for Black Sky to turn around here. It's at 890s, has been trying to kind of find a bottom here close to this 875 we'll see if it finds a bottom or it continues making its move on down that's definitely one that i'm starting to look to target we'll see what happens with that one that's bksy and it is down towards 890s so we'll see what happens with there um let's keep going lucid having a good day today uh the chop fest continues in the same kind of range from 28 to about 
20, you could say. Maybe you go down all the way towards the 17 or 18. Uh, but we've been stuck in this chop for a long time. The real question is, when do we get out of this move? And when is the next leg up for Lucid? Is it really starting to get there? I mean, we've looked at that plenty of times, but I'm not sure exactly when to call it now. Yeah, I, I mean, those electric vehicle companies all look like they're having a decent day today, Mitch. Um, you know, so it could be just what's doing with Lucid here today and Faraday. Um, two that I saw moving, Mitch, were Open Door, O-P-E-N, and OPAD, um, which are both in that home buying space. And I don't know if you saw the news. I saw earlier today that Zillow... Um, Zillow announced that it uh, put its home purchasing program on pause to work through the renovation and selling of homes already purchased. So we have Zillow shares down 10%. Open Door and Opad both in the green today. They're competitors there. What, what do you think of that Zillow news? And could that be you know a positive for Open and Opad here? Yeah, I think it's a it's. It's two looks there. There's two looks there because it, it can be that, yes, you can start seeing as that open and, and OPAD maybe have some competitive advantage that can actually compete with Zillow. Another thing that can come out of this is a negative outlook in the industry. That's the way I'm looking at it because if Zillow can't sell houses in this environment, low interest rates, um, housing prices going up to the roof, uh, demand is at least said to be there. Why can't they get the, the inventory through, right, Chris? Yeah, I mean, that's my question is, you know, I can't really figure out where exactly they're going with their comments, right? It was that they're at operational capacity. They're focused on signed customer contracts and current inventory. So I think the, there's a couple questions, you know, are, are did they overextend themselves? Did they buy too many homes? and they can't focus on it, or as you said, you know, is there some concerns for the real estate market? So I think based on the market action with Open and OPAD today, I think maybe people think it's just a Zillow issue, but I think this could be, you know, definitely a real estate issue, and maybe that price action in Open, I mean, look at Open over the last couple of weeks, mm-hmm. that, that trend higher. I, I just don't know if we continue to see that if there starts to be some concerns in real estate. I agree. I think you got to just just watch out for the next couple of months. It could be that we're getting towards a resistance and then we're going to get another pullback closer towards, let's say, 18 or 20. Um, I think open has an advantage there um, because they're not putting themselves in so much of a risk position. I think this is another thing to consider. You know, Open's not buying up these houses. They're just merely being the transaction process. That's where Zillow wanted to step in. And I think is running into problems because of what's going to happen here in the next six months. Um, I always look at the housing market six months out, maybe even a year out. What's going to happen is I think they're going to start seeing the demand slowly die down as maybe we get next year interest rate to go up a little bit. Maybe that demand goes down and that's why they're concerned, Chris. So who, who knows? Of, of course, they can predict the housing markets better than we can. I definitely think so. So that right there to me is a sign of concern when Zillow says, whoa, 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 we're going to hit us a break a little bit here. Wait till we can get some houses out. Then we'll worry about if we want to bring on some more. Mitch, how about that Redbox news? So SGAM 
So this is interesting because I actually like the news, Mitch, right? That they're Mm -hmm. going to launch 20 ad-supported free channels. So, you know, when we had Redbox on last week or the week before, I can't remember now, you know, one of the big comments was that they're pushing into streaming, right? They don't want to just be, you know, a physical rental company. They're going to offer streaming services. They're going to partner, right? They did like that Showtime partnership where you could add, you know, a Showtime subscription. But- Mitch, I also got to point out the strategic timing of this news, right? No knock on the company, but today is the redemption deadline for SGAM and Redbox, and we have this news come out. Was that strategic or just a coincidence? We have shares at 981, so they are below net asset value, so I still think we're going to see heavy redemption um, in this stock. What do you think, Mitch? Do you like that news of them doing these free ad-supported channels? Well, I can tell you someone tried to load the boat early here. Uh, there was 1.36 million shares traded there on the 14th. Someone tried to do this redemption trade pretty big there. That's just my saying right there. That's what I call big fish getting fried for a second there because the stock went down towards that 920, even came towards a wick here of 912 so i wouldn't be surprised if the guy has a stop at nine dollars uh so that's the that's the target area that i'd be concerned about on the downside right if we get a flush towards nine i'd be out with him i would i don't want to get caught with him and holding the bag so he definitely probably got a little bit of a pressure on him now he's getting the situation where the stock's going to 980 right if i was stuck in at 10 i'm looking for that stock to get it back above 10 quick selling into that move so just be careful if you do see a pop above 10 here it could be a quick move not saying that i know but when i see these things on the chart stand out to me just want to at least make them apparent for you guys out there to make your decision and i'd be careful out there with a stock like this that had a lot of accumulation before the move then it goes down when it comes up through that level this has to be some overhead supply there Um, i'd be concerned there yeah, definitely. And as I said, you know, I think that's positive news from Redbox, but I do worry, for sure. I, I worry if it's too little too late, right? Getting it out on the redemption deadline day. Um, also a Baby Shark channel, Mitch. I mean, as someone who's heard that song more than I ever wanted to, I don't know <laughs> if we need a dedicated channel just for uh, Baby Shark. Um, but the other channels sound interesting. So uh, uh We'll see what that does for Redbox here, and we'll get you guys that redemption number over the next couple of days when we know it. All the right. other one, Mitch, how about BOWX, uh, WeWork merger, right? So that that merger vote is tomorrow. Shares are moving higher today. Um, I think I saw like 1090 maybe. Um, so it looks like this one, ten, was that 1060? So it, it looks like this one, maybe we won't see as high of redemption, right? So redemption deadline was uh, Friday. The merger vote is tomorrow. This thing has held up pretty well over $10 over the past couple of weeks. So it's an interesting one. You know, WeWork, um, you know, the remote working uh, platform that they offer to these companies. So, uh, and you look at that chart. I mean, this thing took off when that deal was announced shortly after, and it's starting to, to come back here. Any any thoughts on WeWork, Mitch? 
Uh, these are ones that I tell you, man, we should, these are the ones that when we were going through this period of sideways action, that's when you want to be a part of this trade. To me, that's where the risk to return makes sense. Because even if you get that down move that you got here going towards 971, you're talking about less than a 10% risk. And when the stock actually goes up, it immediately goes to that 11 point, which is that 10%. So to me, yeah, it's kind of closer to here if you want to sell at 11 but I'm looking for a 12 pop and a nine risk. To me, that makes sense. 10, 10% down risk, looking for a 20% up up move. I think there's there's definitely risk to return in these. But for me, it's not trading it now that it's moving. It's getting into these a little bit earlier, investing in these, holding on, knowing where my levels are. And especially if you're seeing that sideways action, sleepy action, I mean, it's it's what I think is going to be the best return in SPACs overall. It's going to be the people that do a longer term kind of trade. Uh, but we'll see what happens here with BOWX. Mitch, I, I got to call out this comment from Tokes and Trade in the chat real quick. Uh, in about six years, a DJ at some random club is going to drop a Baby Shark remix and the whole club is going to go nuts. OMG, that's my jam. I, I don't know. I don't know about that. I don't know if I'd be dancing to it in six years, maybe 20, 30 years down the road. Uh, but uh, we'll see. But a uh, nice, nice comment there on uh, Baby Shark. Now, but, now I'm going to have that song stuck in my head all day, Mitch. Let's just say there's, there's some reasons why some of us don't have kids. <laughs> let's keep going. Yeah. So, Mitch, you, you brought up the good point, right? Finding these stocks around $10, right? The, the sideways trades. So that's why it's important to look at the SPAC calendar, right? To see what votes we have coming in October, in November. So definitely something we'll try to bring you guys this week, um, you know, and look at some that maybe haven't had that breakout move already. Because as Mitch said, you know, with timing, it's so important to get into these before they start moving higher. Um, one that that happened with last week, Mitch, was AGC, right? Merging with okay. Grab. This is one that I called out, you know, a couple weeks ago when it was trading at $10. And I said, you know, it had a nice risk return, right? It doesn't have a merger vote date set yet, but this is one that was starting to see heavy short interest too, right? Mm. So short interest was around 31%. Well, what happened late last week, Mitch? You started seeing retail traders get into this and call it out, right? For the short interest. For the high potential of this company, they're a leader in uh, Southeast Asia in several markets, right? You got rideshare, you got delivery, you got fintech, um, you know, so it's a, it's a nice play. And then this thing hit $11 last week. And again, I don't know if I would get in at 11. I tried to get in around 10. I didn't get filled several times, but this is an interesting trade, right? If you can time these at $10 because you lower your risk. And your reward is much, much higher. Definitely one to keep on watch. The big turnaround from that $10. We'll see if it can hold $10. A couple days sideways action would be an actual good thing up here to hold the price action. Uh, Playboy definitely is, is a setup that I'd keep on watch, guys. I'm, I'm telling you, look for that news flow. I'm even thinking it thinking of taking a shot just because whenever I can have a clearly drawn support on any stock, especially a stock that's gone sideways for about two to three months, it gives me always that potential for a reversal at these levels. Um, we'll see if we can find some support somewhere down towards the 2235s. We've seen it bounce multiple times. Just needs to come out of this trend right here. 
So if you can draw a trend line from here and you see it kind of getting up towards these levels, it's had a couple spikes through it now. Now let's see it get strong here. You want to see the volume change. Um, so every time that you got in these little spikes, the volume actually goes down into the move, right? And so like if you see right here, look how the volume is going into decline mode. You see the volume here? What happened? Decline mode. Volume here? Decline mode right after the spike. So this time when we get up there, look for a spike on the view at, uh, on the volume, showing you that confirmation. Bulls are in control. And let's take this stock for a ride. We'll see what happens in Playboy. And that center fold, you already know. We'll see what happens. Mitch, right. we're getting a couple comments about I on Q. I O N Q in the chat, right? That's one we haven't talked about a little bit. But remember, I think we both called this out, right? When it was around $8 saying, hey, okay, the selling's over, right? Everyone sold this from $10 down to eight. Mm -hmm. We're going to start to see this thing come up. Mitch, what do we got on the chart there? I mean, this thing went from under $8 to $10.50 today. Reversal. That's, that's, that's as clear as day there, you know, and this is what we want to look for, uh, especially when you get a stock that's so hype. And you also heard a lot of people when this stock first got over that $10 period. What did you hear out there? A lot of even deeper known investors that were taking shots like, well, quantum computing. Yeah, I'll take it for 10 years. I'll see what happens. Um, so this is one that I definitely think is a long term aspect. And you really need to use that to your advantage because it's not a stock, I think, to jump in at the highs right now. That just doesn't make sense to me after the stock was down at 750. You know what I mean? Because you just missed out on, on, a, on a really great entry. Of course, if you got that entry, now this is when I tell you, to, at least in my eyes, I sit back, relax, and, and try to enjoy the show now. But to go after it here is a little bit dangerous. Now, can, do we see the run? Yeah, we, we clearly see the run. The question is, can we get back towards the high that you have on the on the daily? At least this high that we pushed out from, which was 1295. We'll see what happens when it gets past 11 and 12. Can it get to 13? I, I'm pretty sure this is going to need some news. One thing to note, though, declining volume into that pop. So you could see a retrace, I think, back down towards nine. And then it'd be stuck in between here for a while. So I think this is one that you build a position. Don't overextend yourself too much early on. I do like the company long period, uh, long term. But the real question is, when does that revenue come in? And when do they really start seeing the price match the technology? Yeah, I agree with Mitch here. I, I think it's it, it's a little late to get into this one right now. I think we see some pressure and see it come back down under 10 but again, that's why it's important to time your entries, right? When we talked about this and it was under $8, you had a nice entry point there. And now if you are in it, you know, you've got a nice gain there. But there is a quantum computing conference this week, Mitch, I think, but that IonQ will be presenting at. So we could see it run a little bit more, but I'll be looking to get into this one if it falls back down. Um, I don't want to chase it right now. But again, I love the long-term potential of quantum computing overall and IonQ, the company. Yep. As you guys see, the IEEE Quantum Week. So if you want to know about that, that's, you guys can definitely find that in Benzinga Pro. All right, let's keep going. Let's look into, look at, look at Jobby here, a Joby making a nice little move there. Um, this one's, you know, I, I'm just wondering, like, why doesn't this one break down from here? It's interesting. To me, 
personally, not that I'm a bullish or bear against this. I just don't see the money coming in. And I'm wondering, how is it holding on? Because believe it or not, there's a lot of volume that's gone into this stock. 15 million, uh, 19 million here, 11 million, 8, 9 million, 9 million here. There's a lot of volume. There's a lot of money that's been put into this. What are you thinking, Chris? I mean, all these uh, electric vertical takeoff and landing companies, right? It's such a crowded market right now. And I think the big question, like you said, Mitch, is where's the money? Where's the revenue? So who gets to market first? What's the revenue look like? Um, what do the partnerships look like? You know, you've got Jovi, you've got uh, Archer, you, you've got others. Um, but yeah, so I, I do not have any EVTOL companies in my portfolio. Uh, it's one of those where I'd love to own them all, but I also don't want to buy them all. Um but I think it's almost that basket approach, right? I think someone ends up winning and I think some of them end up not getting much market share. So I, I think we're early though in the EVTOL space. So I think there's plenty of time to invest in these down the road. Of course, uh, looks like we're going to need to start making some more gear, some people requesting some gear. So definitely- yeah, that merch call out. I dropped that link in the chat for Justin and for anyone else. You see me wear hey. the Spax attack shirt sometime. Mitch has his Benzinga polo on. I've got my Benzinga hoodie on today. Uh, Gotta have I love, some swag. I love the swag. Um, you know, full disclosure, I get some of the swag for free, right? Um, but but that's one of the perks of working at Benzinga. But it, it's comfortable stuff, man. And I, I love wearing it and supporting this great company. So, and, and we'd love if everyone out there, you know, also supported us with the merch. And maybe we'll have to do a, a merch giveaway sometime, Mitch, with, with that being said. All right. I got one moving that's interesting. I'm wondering what happens with it. You know, I, I think it did complete the deal um, or at least got approval of the deal. That's what I think I heard. It was approval. It hasn't closed the deal, which was GNOG. Um, and so what's been going on with this, Chris? I, I know that we got some recent kind of news. I think it was at a at a Canada um, that, that that came out of. Was it out of Canada that it came out of? Am I, am I hearing things? GNOG. GNOG is getting acquired by DraftKings. Um, and I have not heard an update on that. That's a good question, Mitch. I, I can't remember if DraftKings is buying this. I think they're using stock and cash. Um, but that's yeah. interesting because DraftKings is trading around 47 right now. Um, you know, I that that online sports uh betting and uh gaming market, you know, like we said, is pretty crowded. This is an interesting one, though, if DraftKings can get it to close, you know, in the current quarter, maybe it can help them with that that market share. Mitch, I saw an interesting thing, right? We talk about, um, I, I got to find my article now. We talk about um, sports betting, right? And how, mm-hmm. you know, it's all about customer acquisition. Um, get this, Mitch, right? So in Michigan, right here, my home state, one of the largest states to legalize sports betting. So this was the month of September. DraftKings was number one, 106.9 million in betting handle for September. That was the first company to hit the nine digit mark in the state. Their market share was 30.2%. How much did DraftKings make or lose on that $106.9 million, Mitch? How much? 
They lost $4.7 million in Michigan in September because they spent so much money on promotions, right? That's what we talk about, Mitch. You got to get them customers. So you spend a ton of money on promotions. Well, they spent more on promotions than they took in in revenue. So that's something that uh, Dave Portnoy from Barstool has been saying all along, right? Is that focus on profits? Well, some companies are focused on the revenue, and not the profits. It's an interesting approach. So, well, I, I saw those numbers too, and uh, one of the things that I saw in those numbers were what? Bet MGM, baby. Yeah, MGM's looking real strong. So they in Michigan, Bet MGM was number. Were they two or three? They were number three. Twenty-three point one percent market share. Eighty-one point eight million in betting handle. But the important thing, they had a profit of $2.7 million. So they're showing that you can be a top three player and also make money. Same with FanDuel. FanDuel was number two in Michigan, and they had a profit of $3.2 million. And Mitch, also on that list, Bet Rivers, right? RSI, Rush Street. They're a smaller player in market share, but they had a profit in the state, right? So... It's not all about revenue for some of these companies. So it depends on how you size it up. But yeah, that MGM looking real strong in both lines, right? Revenue and profits. The I wish stories, we could have a SPAC. Stories. I wish we had a SPAC that could bring that MGM public because I, I would love that. Yeah, I, I would love it too. You, you know, I've been calling that's Chris. When we first started talking platforms, what was the one that I told you that? Yeah, you it's so easy out? to use, right? But MGM, they Perfect. got great partnerships I, in Michigan. They're they're a partner with the Red Wings, with the Lions. I mean, not that you want to be a partner with the Lions right now, but uh, <laughs> that, that's a whole nother story. We won't talk about that game yesterday or the season. We'll just move on to next year, right? You know, I, I I've always related MGM as the the brand that's sexy in yep. Vegas. And, and 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 with that being said, I think that plays a factor to it too. Um, like when you, when you think about where you're staying, yeah, you you, you might want to stay, you know, at Caesars. You might want to you want to be in some higher end, you know, Paris. But the young guns and the partiers and the people that I think do a little bit heavier sports gambling than you think than they should probably, eh, they're probably coming out of MGM. Um, and Mitch, we'll we got we got our man Brent in the chat saying that MGM is the premier casino in Detroit. Yeah, so the MGM Grand Casino in Detroit was also number one for retail in Detroit mm. for the month of September. So bet MGM, right? Number one for retail, number three for online sports betting, and number two for profits. That's a pretty good uh, line there to have. So I think that follows your thought there, Mitch, that they are a sexy brand. They're a premier brand, but they're also doing a good job of getting and maintaining new customers. Well, I, I didn't get a chance to visit the MGM, and that's probably all my fault. Should have gone and visited it. But I did check out Greek Town, and what did I get? I got a whole bunch of people coming up to me trying to get me to bet, and that shows me a sign. If they have to go and search for me, I might not want to be betting on that stock there. But we'll see what happens at that. And I will say, hey, thank you, Caesars. I enjoyed my free jersey. Got to get those free stuff when you can get it. Let's There's keep a going, lot of free Chris. money out there. Yeah. What, what else do we got moving? Uh, let's look. 
Uh, how about Velodyne, Mitch? VLD up 6% okay. today. Or Velo 3D, excuse me, not Velodyne. Velo 3D, the 3D printer. Um, Kathy has been loading the oh, boat on this one. I don't know if you've seen it, Mitch. Um, uh, VLD. VLD. Uh, Velo 3D. So this is a 3D printing company. Remember... They have that they have that partnership with SpaceX, right? And as yeah. we see more people turn into space stocks, VLD getting a nice run up here. Um, Mitch, how important are the ARC fund buys anymore, right? Do, you know, mm. I still pay attention to them. I That's get those tough. emails. I don't know if it's causing the the movement here in VLD, but again, Kathy has loved this one for a while. Mitch, one of the things we talk about a lot, right, is if you can't buy SpaceX stock because it's privately tr- held, right? What's the next best thing? Maybe finding some companies that partner, right? Partner, so Velo partners, 3D. Partners. And Mitch, I heard an interesting rumor too that Velo 3D actually turned down an acquisition by SpaceX. I don't know if that's fully true, but I think the fact that that rumor is out there could be some good validation for Velo 3D. Yeah, I'd, I'd keep a watch on Velo. I've actually had this one before and I sold it um, and sold it for a really small loss. It was just so sideways for so long that I just got rid of it. But now that it's down to these levels, it does seem interesting to me. I have seen the story and the story definitely makes sense. Um, but when I think about 3D, I've seen a lot of struggling in 3D. When I personally thought 2020 would be a good year for 3D, you know, with so many, um, let's say, assets right like um let's say hard assets like let's say steel like the materials that are going up i thought one thing that could happen was more companies turning towards 3d right i mean it just made sense to me because i mean if if it costs the same and you can have less errors with 3d printing um, it would make sense to move towards a 3d printer so i think in, this is something that i'm going to be paying attention towards in the next six months going into the next year is how does 3d really get adopted and do we start seeing some higher adoption rates um, because that's what we need to see to see all these 3d stocks come back whether it be a space one like velo whether it be like the one that i'm stuck in and, and holding on tight desktop metals or you could look at some other ones. I mean, there's there's other print, uh, 3D printing stocks also. And there's even ETFs in this area. So figure out what's best for you. I'm definitely looking at this as a long-term, a long-term play. We'll see what happens in 3D space. Definitely. Has anyone seen a 3D printed house? They I are saw it. I've seen I them. saw, yeah, that there was a city somewhere that was doing like a whole almost sub sub uh, development of 3D houses. It's it's pretty interesting and and crazy what these 3D printers can do, right? <laughs> Woods is killing Genie, says Carl. <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> what's Genie doing? Where's Genie at? She's just trying to reload. Yeah, it's okay. It's yeah, okay. I mean, Genie's still up pretty good, right? For the past, I, I mean, well, we're down now for the past month. But I mean, if, okay. if you pull back, Genie is still uh, doing okay. I, I think the fact that Kathy is loading up on this and DraftKings validates those two as leaders in sports betting. Yeah, it's okay. She can knock it down a little bit. I'll buy her dip. Let's keep going. Let's get into another one here. We can keep going. If you guys got one in the chat you guys want to mention, we can go ahead and touch. Um, So now I'm going to call out some that I think could get a short squeeze. Why? 
Well, one, it could just be oversold and really pushed down. So I'm going to actually go towards my other charting here just to show us at least um, how pushed down the stock is because I like using some different indicators, seeing what we got here. Of course, um, you know, sometimes this is definitely a risky call because you're, you're, you're trying to call a bottom, right? You're, you're literally trying to call a falling knife. Um, so the one that I'm going to go after is I'm going to go after and it's going to be outlet here. Outlet is going to be the first one that I'm going to say for a potential short squeeze. Why? I mean, we went down towards this $3 level. We already had a huge drop. I'm looking for maybe potential of news coming out of the, uh, it was the FDA, right? That they hit them. Yep. The FDA that so, um, stock not being looking, uh, approved. I'm looking for something positive to come out of that. Because if something positive comes out of that, Next thing you know, the stock is not valued down there, right? And so I'm looking to see if that can change here. Um, I'm sure there's some shorts uh, starting to pile in here, betting against the company. But, I mean, your downside look is looking like $4. The company goes bankrupt and you don't have any more. Or the stock comes back to 10 and you're looking for a $6 upside. So I'm almost to that point where I'm really getting interested in pulling the gun here. Um, of course, I would have to try to stay tight. I'm not going to hold that $4 down all the way down. But just trying to give you guys an outlook of how I'm looking at it and what could potentially happen. The daily chart on outlet does go down on the RSI towards 13. Um and, and we don't get many times where this has hit down towards those levels before. The only time it's hit down towards these levels before was when it was dropping big here in uh, July. And it looks like, yeah, July month. Um, and then we ended up popping back up. It wasn't much. It was like $2. But we'll see what happens on these levels as it keeps trying to hold on towards this kind of like 374 uh, 74 level pulled back towards it today back up towards 390s let's see if it can get towards four and i'll see what happens in this one yeah i might have to take a look at like google trends right to see how outlet has done on there and also on some of the baby sites right to see how the products are selling um one of the things i saw on twitter someone mentioned that outlet products are some of the you know the best selling and often added to baby registries right so when you have your first baby and have that baby shower, people are asking for outlet products, right? Because it's it's got that strong brand name awareness. It's that good peace mm -hmm. of mind for parents, right? So yeah, the FDA is a setback. But again, if it can overcome that, like Mitch said, I think the risk reward here is nice and OWLT, Mitch. I, I like this. Yeah, we'll see what happens with this one. And, you know, one of the big parts of it was it was oversold. And I was thinking, hey, why not come out of this this pocket um and we'll see what happens uh next one i'm gonna pull up i'm gonna pull up one that i i i don't know what's gonna happen to it but definitely down near the same levels near the same rsi really getting hit had a huge gap down is mile here metro mile what is going on in the insurance space are we gonna really get disruption in the insurance space or is it gonna continue being you know the the, the geico's the the state farm the bigger boys that's what the story is here where you got to decipher to determine if you want to invest in you know car insurance here and i think you know one thing that i've seen is that it's not only mile right that's a player here we could also look at oca and kind of kin insurance and you can look at different ones in that field what are you thinking here chris 
Yeah, I mean, the insurance market's so tough to gauge, right? It's mm-hmm. it's one of it's those tough. markets where, like, I have never had huge exposure to insurance stocks in my portfolio, right? Because your car insurance ones are tough. It's a highly competitive market. Your house insurance ones are tough. You know, you have the risk of major events. Um, I like Kin Insurance, right? OCA with what they're doing with their platform, right? The using AI to offer, you know, those those pricing models based on artificial intelligence rather than having to send out a person, you know, to complete that. Um, Mile is an interesting one because it's got huge backers, right? Uh, Chamath was part of the pipe. Mark Cuban is an investor in the company. But really all those big um, investors haven't talked much about the company. It had earnings in August and their earnings, Mitch, were actually 100% above consensus, right? Not that there was a ton of analysts covering it. So that consensus mm-hmm. number may have just been, you know, too low. Um, but I don't think we get earnings from Mile again until December. So I just, I, I don't know if we're going to get a big news cycle. Um, I also think Metro Mile could be an acquisition target here, right? Let's face it. They went public, you know, at $10 a share and now trading under $4. I mean, I think someone could come in and offer a bid of what, like $6 a share, $7 a share. I think it'd be tough for some of these uh, shareholders to turn that down, even though it is below that $10 price. So, uh, you know, something to think about there, too, in a competitive market where maybe buying customers through an acquisition could pay off down the road. Yeah, we'll see what happens. I would actually want this RSI to even get a little lower. Um, You can see here we've gone towards 11 87 before and now we're actually trading near like 20s let's let this go back down towards that like near that 10 or 11 rsi that's what i'm trying to start seeing and calling the bottom you see right here look how it went down towards an rsi of five um and you're getting popbacks on these on these super oversold at times like 15 right here and you do see that pop up right like right right next to that so Let's let's let it get down to that RSI level, and you could get a squeeze. You know, there's probably a lot of shorts st- stuck on this, and it's not moving. And whenever you see a stock just kind of stair stepping, stair stepping down, what happens is when you get that push up, it's usually an elevator move up, versus this little move down that the shorts are trying to chase after. You can actually have a better return by catching that pop back up. Of course. Yes, bottom fish in here. But what we're trying to point out is there's a lot of these short interest ones that are really being pushed down that if you you know you stop paying attention to them until they pop up on your radar, then it's a little too late to the party. But we'll see what happens here. Like always, determine your own risk. Do you have one, Chris, that you might want to call out? Maybe that's down and pushed down? Well, I'm wondering how Catapult is doing. KPLT, Ooh. the buy now, pay later one, right? That was one that had heavy short interest. Mm-hmm. We saw that one dip below 450 um, in the last month. We saw shares, I mean, really over the last couple months, I mean, we saw a huge move in this one, um, you know, with the story of buy now, pay later, and then also the high short interest. Mm-hmm. But we're actually seeing it trade back down, right? We're at 487 today. So, uh, you know, it, it's important to look at entry uh, points for some of these, right? I, I like the under five play right now, Mitch, that you're kind of mentioning with some of these. I, I essentially want to go back through the SPAC calendar, look at all the SPACs that have com- completed their mergers, which ones are trading under $5 now, right? Because essentially what the market is saying 
is that that company is worth half the amount as it was when the deal was announced. And I just don't know if that's warranted for all these stocks. Um, so that that's what I'm looking at is playing some of these under five ones now. And, and then also looking at the SPAC merger calendar going forward for some of these strong performers, like maybe a AGC and also TDAC lottery.com vote, Mitch has now been announced for October 28th. That's something I've been looking forward to. That has a small float. So that's something I would call out and mention here and also caution people. TDAC is going to be a, a low floater when it completes its merger. With that being said, I expect them to maybe do a capital raise down the road or look for additional pipe investors. But right now, TDAC is is low float. Lottery.com, sports.com merger. All right, we'll have to see if any of these kind of get a lift. We're getting towards the end of our show here. So if you guys got one that you want to touch that we haven't gotten to, definitely throw it up in the chat. Uh, I did see lots mentioned a couple times, so we could take a look at that one, uh, see how that one's trading. Let me, let me pull up my charts again here and try to take out, check out lots. Uh, the reason lots could probably trade up is, of course, I mean, we did hear about their inventory issues. Um, there was some inventory issues, so – that is always a concern. But where is it on the RSI? Um, I'm seeing lows, 13s, 14s, uh, 21. Really not getting down towards that level right now. It's at 32s, 33s. There's someone still kind of making some volume in this. And so what that shows to me is that it still hasn't bottomed out. Um, there's someone trying to call the bottom right now, and it still hasn't gotten us that quick dip reversal so that's what i would look for in this one right now we're at 360s i would look for it to break 350 try to get to three and then look for a reversal um you you can't you can't probably get towards that reversal unless you actually get towards i would look for 10 on the rsi um it's gone to 13 before nine before so look for that kind of change that happened really kind of sideways now not so angled on the downside. So look for a quick dip and then quick reversal back up. We'll see what happens on this one and what happens on these other ones. Uh, definitely, uh, sorry about not touching VLN Trench. Uh, I got no problem with your name, but I just got a problem with probably the ticker. Uh, not not the ticker probably we talk about here, VLN. Uh, that's, I'm pretty sure that's a, yeah, that's a bigger stock do you know about this one chris oh vln yeah that's uh they it there you go trends fact yeah uh, you see i still saw you there i want Val- to at least yeah valen semiconductor it's uh i think it's a play on cars right so it's similar to indy indi um this is interesting um i don't know this one as much as i know indy because i actually used to own shares of indy but if you look at i mean mitch pull up the chart of indi i think that's a good comparison because that one uh, for a while was trading under $10 and then it mm-hmm. started getting hot. It went all the way up over $12, now trading at 11 So these semiconductor plays are interesting. So yeah, VLN, I'm going to have to keep on watch. Good call out there, um, Trenchtown stock in the chat. Uh, the semiconductor market, I mean, we all know the problems that are there. So any of the companies that can solve that, you know, could be worth watching here. 
Hey, we'll keep a diary. I'll definitely keep a watch on VLN and we'll, I'll check it out. I'll see if I can learn a little bit more about the story. Like always, like Sue says, hit that like. We got over 100 people that joined us while we were live. So if you joined us while we were live, do us a favor, hit that thumbs up. And up next, we got some great talk about what? Guys, have you guys seen the Squid Games? Yes. I said the Squid Games. What? The Squid Games, guys. Don't miss it on the Power Hour. Up next, they're going to be talking all about that at Netflix earnings. Who knows? Find out all about that on the Power Hour where the hype meets the stocks. You might get hot stock, Luke. You for sure got AB. Maybe a little healthier, Spencer. But give me a thumbs up, and we'll see you next time on the SPACs Attack. Anything else, Chris? That's it. We'll see everyone tomorrow. Thanks again for watching, and stay tuned for Power Hour. Boom, baby. Don't miss your free chance to tune into Benzinga's very own bootcamp series on November 20th. If you're looking to dive into new concepts and grow your account, this one's for you.